Hello, everybody. It's John Arnold here from J. Arnold & Associates, and we're back with another Watch This Space podcast. To my right, you would only know what that means if you're looking at my screen right now, my trusty colleague, Chris Fine. Hey, Chris. Hey, John. Hi, everybody. Good to be back, as always. And, uh, well, uh, these podcasts, of course, are virtual events. They're not live, but we're recording them as we always do in our separate uh, spaces and we make it work here through the magic of uber conference so thank you dialpad for providing that well chris i think this is a uh, you know coming up to our next episode doing it now looking back at what we did a month ago uh, we titled that one the new age which is really what we're in now right so it's this new age of remote work and uh the big acronym now, now we're living with is WFH, work from home. And uh, I think that kind of sums it up in a nutshell, what's been happening to so many people over the past, you know, two months for sh- in a way. But really, since that last podcast, I think we can both say that uh, a lot of things have become normalized pretty quickly in this new environment, huh? No, I agree. I agree. I think it's worth mentioning that we're also talking about corporate work. And we should definitely recognize that there are many, many, many people who have to go out there and do work and don't necessarily have the luxury uh, or opportunity to work from home. But those of us who do, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, been, it's definitely become an, an evolving new normal just to work completely remotely. Yeah, yeah. And I want to come back to that because I know you said earlier, you know, we want to be sensitive to the fact that, as you say, many people don't have the luxury of doing this. And when you talk about like retail settings, uh, and then of course, all the ones that are really hurting the restaurants, anyone in hospitality and travel, and for, you know, then a whole other level, of course, the frontline people who are dealing with the people in these facilities and institutions day in and day out. There's just so much out there that's had to adapt. And yes, we're in the safety of our homes and our basement offices, et cetera, et cetera. And this isn't the whole world, that's for sure. And uh, I'm, I'm with you. We certainly want to give our, uh, give our kudos to those who are doing the real work out there and taking the real risks. Um, but they're dealing with technology too, right? I mean, it's, uh, it doesn't solve all problems, but I think... Um, what is eventually going to help them, of course, is as the medical equipment, et cetera, gets better and, and more effective, there's less risk and, and more, you know, better outcomes, et cetera. But technology has a big role to play there, too, certainly in the mobile space of helping us keep distance, right? I mean, I think this is actually a good place for technology to earn its keep, so to speak, in terms of helping solve a really big problem that knows no borders, huh? Agreed, John. Things like contact tracing, you know, the the work that Apple and Google are doing around that and others. Um, Also, you think about, I was thinking while you were talking, specifically in the area of remote work, the explosive growth of telemedicine, which had been around for a long time, but had had a very, very slow adoption curve um, even in the medical, you know, it was both patients and doctors. And now that has become really the norm, except for cases which clearly have to be seen in person. Um, and so that's just an example of where technology is 
uh, playing more of a role. And if you look at the front line and you look at where that's going to go in terms of, for example, how hospitals are equipped, um, as things get past the initial emergency stage, but this is a lingering issue, uh, you're going to have more tracking of people in hospitals, you know, geopositioning, contact tracing there, uh, which can, you know, if, if properly implemented and respecting privacy, uh, can potentially help reduce risk. So yes, technology has a role everywhere. Yeah, to be really, really beneficial. And I, I just find it so interesting that, you know, for, you know, we are always chastising and being wary of big data, right? And everything that Google is collecting off of our smartphones and Apple too, for that matter. And when you hear all the things that Facebook is up to these days and then the security breaches we hear with Zoom, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, there's a lot of, it's very easy to, um, to, you know, big target, easy target to look at those companies and say, you know, the potential for, you know, for, 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 you know, for, for bad is seems to be outweighing the potential for good yet. Now it's what could be our biggest enemy and our worst fears is now our best friend and our savior, so to speak. You know, it's interesting that when technology is used for a very specific purpose, all of those mass surveillance and data collection capabilities all of a sudden becomes what we need, right. To, to actually stay safe and, uh, and, and find new boundaries for, for doing things. I um, agree, John. I mean, I tend to be pretty much a skeptic of a lot of this, uh, of, of things being kept to a good purpose, but I do think there are precedents that, that can be used to help steer or guide or restrict is probably too strong a word, but to, to guide the, the technology into away, away from you know, real malevolence and focus on the good things that it can deliver, which you, you laid out, but it requires a lot of vigilance and it requires thinking um, and it requires frameworks of controls and regulation. So of, of different types to keep it in the, in the right boundaries. Um, but having said that, there's, there's plenty of precedent for doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's people at the edges. I was just reading yesterday about these uh, activists who are trying to destroy uh, cell phone towers, 5G towers, because they feel it's, you know, this, uh, there's so many negatives about these capabilities and health risks around mobile phones, et cetera, that they're actually so kind of, what's the word, brainwashed is, but they're certainly so convinced of their cause that they're physically trying to destroy these towers to disrupt service. You know, this is the very technology we rely on to to stay healthy and keep the economy moving. And uh, you still have forces like this that, you know, so it's, it's just, very, there's so many contradictions out there and uh, you just never know when the, when the next great thing or the really great stupid thing is going to come from. No, you don't. But meanwhile, you got to think about the fabric and you got to think about the day to day. And, you know, this, there, there really is a new normal. And uh, as we've talked about multiple times, it's, it's going to not, it's not just going to go away uh, how these changes any more than anything else goes away. That's, that really becomes prominent during such an extreme event like this. Um, and so 
you know, all of the, the, the normalization of, of teleworking and video conferencing, I don't think that's going to change even mm -hmm. when businesses start using offices again and stores and everything else. I think there's going to be a more, a more remote connection aspect of everything, if you want to call it that. I don't know if you agree. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. I just want to add one more thing to what we just finished off on. And that's another good example of kind of good corporate citizenship. You know, you're reading about like Apple, Google, Cisco, uh, donating lots of hardware, lots of uh, bandwidth services to enable kids to work from, you know, do their work, their homework and schoolwork from home, right? Who don't have tablets, right? Who, who just don't have the tools to stay in the education stream. And so again, I think, you know, it, you, you may call it, you know, they may call it, you may call it playing, you know, playing to the audience, but you certainly can't, can't criticize these companies for doing, in my view, the right thing of saying, okay, well, we do have the technology. We just got to get it in the hands of people and what a difference it'll make in their lives. Just, you know, I, so I think there's a lot of, window here for companies to do good, to apply their technologies for good use. And, uh, you know, it's great to see those examples coming through that it's not just, you know, closing the doors and saying, if you can't buy it, you can't have it kind of thing. I agree. I mean, I think, I think, look, there's an exceptions to anything that one might say, but I think there are a lot of organizations and a lot of individuals and groups who are trying to think, well, how can we help in some way? And so, for example, there's a, there's a lot of growth in the repurposing of older equipment, you know, mm -hmm. not just trying to recycle it for the precious metal, but could we actually use it? And so in my town, I think a lot of other towns, there are laptop and computer drives where, you know, people have all these old things laying around and so, you know, a couple of people with computer repair skills, perhaps the shop owner who does that, but is donating some of their time, it will help, you know, wipe them out, wipe them off of any personal data and get them ready and repurpose them. And, uh, you know, that's a powerful thing. And that's sort of the individual and small business equivalent of what some of the bigger companies are doing. Uh, but mm -hmm. it's to everybody's interest to try to get people able to to have and use the tools that they have to use in this environment. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also find it's so fascinating. We'll come to the, what we're seeing out there, you know, with, with all the concerns about social distancing and transmitting, you know, germs through the air and touch and, you know, close contact and all that stuff, you know, through all of this, you know, our, mo our voice you know, talking on the phone, there's no risk of, of transmission, like through the phone, you know, it, it, yes, if your phone isn't kept clean, that's a whole other issue, right? But I just find it's interesting that the role of voice technology right now has never been stronger, because it's the, it's the thing that connects us all when we can talk to each other. And it's, you know, I just find it interesting that the it, distance isn't a factor here, right? It doesn't matter how far apart you are, as long as you can talk on a phone, there's no issue. You could be sitting next to me. You could be 5,000 miles away. doesn't really matter. There's no risk talking on the phone. And, and I think that's really makes it just such a natural tool to be using right now. 
And uh, I think we're seeing a lot of, uh, I, I, a friend of mine, Kevin Mitchell from Alianza, he posted an article yesterday, some of the things his company is seeing. And one, one of the issues, one of the trends that he's seeing is that there is a, a rise of, of voice communications. You know, we talk a lot about video, of course, but um, voice itself is is kind of seeing a bit of a resurgence because it's such an effective means of communicating. And when we can't talk face to face, you know, we can just talk on the phone and have the same kind of conversation and uh, not have to worry. And I think that's a real driver for um, why there's more use of, of voice right now. Well, I, I agree. And you know that I sometimes take a historical view of things. I'm very interested in history. And one one element of history I find fascinating is the history of the telephone. And uh, that was that was invented very much as a way of, of of effectively doing business or broadcasting lectures remotely and things like that. But it became a huge social element for decades. And one of the reasons I think that was true was that people who were distant from each other, it wasn't as easy or as inexpensive or as common to just travel, right? It, it took more time, you know, until the age of jet airplanes, it was a big deal to go see somebody who was a distance away. And so the phone became ubiquitous as a social instrument, not just business. And mm -hmm. eventually it faded or went through a period where it was less of a thing because there was, you know, the growth of email, which is a very impersonal medium, but that was okay because people saw each other more often. There wasn't an, there was a lot less impediment to actually physically getting together. Uh, and now with all the barriers thrown up, which are likely to stay for a while until this thing gets figured out, the telephone and equivalents of the telephone just assumes the same role that it had, you know, which was a social medium. And there's many social interactions where you don't really need the video. And so these new tools that allow you to do with or without the video effectively give you the best of both worlds. And the smartphone has always been that way. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. so, so I think it's just almost a resurgence of what is actually a very natural way of communicating with people. Yeah. And I find what's interesting, you know, I want to come to talk about, you know, what's changed in the last month since our last podcast. And, you know, clearly, you know, Zoom is the name everyone talks about, but virtually every vendor I, I know and follow are reporting the same kind of hockey stick jumps right in their traffic. Um, everyone's talking about their, you know, WebEx platforms and, you know, Amazon and Dialpad and everyone who's got a platform out there you know, eight by eight, Ring Central, everybody is showing Microsoft all the big spikes in uh, activity because this is the way to communicate. And on so much of it's being driven by video. But I think what we're seeing, and it's only a couple of weeks since we talked, Chris, is that people are, there's actually a lot of um, pushback. This takes us to why voice is resurging. People can only handle so much screen time. Um, I hear it over and over from people, especially who are working at home for the first time and spending a lot of time with their kids or, or their aging parents with them, all cooped up. And they're all doing these calls day and night to communicate and stay in touch with family and friends. 
and doing their work stuff during the day. And, you know, after you reach a saturation, can only handle so much screen time, so much personal FaceTime. You know, sometimes, you don't, as you say, there, you don't have to use video for everything. And you just want to talk. And I just, I just think people can, can kind of burn out very quickly after doing it. I, I find it, you know, after I've done four or five calls and a video over the course of the day, I've, I've had enough, you know. I agree. I agree. And I also think that the, 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 the mores, if you want to call it that, are changing so much. Yeah. So one thing that I found fascinating, I think underlying all of this is that we're in a different period from where we were a month ago. I think, I think for the first month, the first few weeks, it was sort of what I would call the post blizzard period, right? Where like after a blizzard or after, you know, a storm, you know, you're going to be in for a week, two weeks, whatever. And you're kind of just hit pause on everything, but you don't really change the way you behave that much. You take advantage of your typical corporate tools for working at home. You know, if you, if you have to go in somehow, you, you invent or brave ways to do what you need to do to be where you are. But I think what's happened is we've switched into enough, a long enough time that you have to kind of invent new ways to fill basic needs that people have. And so the, the example I would cite, which is related to what you said about traffic spikes, is the socialization of video conferencing. So younger people that I know, um, and some of us oldsters too, in the evenings we're on, we're chatting with people and we're not doing business. We're just chatting and they have all these things like virtual happy hours mm -hmm. and you know, social bingo, some kind of, you know, all these games that people play on this, on these meetings, virtual workouts are huge, virtual yoga, um, virtual weight watchers, you know, virtual, mm -hmm. all of this stuff. That's not really yeah. business. Yeah. Cooking. That never the cooking, right. That never would have gone into this medium if it weren't for this emergency. And so I just find more and more of this, I, you know, there's just more and more inventive ways people come up with for this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm certainly seeing it in the, you know, performing arts, certainly in the music community where yeah. I'm a little bit connected, you know, musicians can't get work right so they're doing virtual concerts from their living room or they're you know i know the israeli philharmonic did a thing where they all had remote performances and they collectively could create an orchestra sound doing it that way right and then you look at performing arts or theater the they are the actors are trained they've learned their lines they just don't have a stage so you know get out get out get online and do it there and do you know, do readings, poetry, you know, the, it's, as you say, you're, they're adapting to a new medium, you know, it's better than nothing. You know, you've spent all this time honing your skills and your craft and everything. And well, if you can't do it in front of live people, this is, you know, the reality is this is the next best thing and maybe the only thing you have. And uh, so the government I know here in Canada is certainly ponying up a fair bit of money to help support the cultural communities right now because they just have no way or hardly any way of monetizing what they do to make a living or just just to survive and uh you know if you lose those skills you know you may never get them back well what do you think our takeaways are john what do you think our conclusions are yeah i i, I that's how i want to get to as well so kind of to leave our listeners with some 
food for thought. I, I think the main thing for me is just that in a period of a few short weeks, as you say, we've normalized an awful lot of things that we would not have considered doing a long time ago, and not, not that long ago, I should say. And I think that speaks to um, a, our adaptability, uh, when push comes to shove, you know, we can do things, uh, that may not have been appealing to us. And I think that's a sign of our resilience. Um, I know it's relatively minor league stuff compared to life and death issues, but when push comes to shove, you've got to just find other ways. And I think that's healthy because change is good. And the other thing, of course, is I think showcasing the, the, the value that these new technologies are bringing. I mean, so far, you know, the scale of, you know, of use has been really probably unprecedented. And so far, it seems to be holding up pretty well. I mean, I have not experienced crashes or letdowns or anything like that so far when I've been on these calls um, and, vid and networking and stuff like this. So I think that's a good sign that the technology is up to the task. And of course, if it wasn't, you know, we'd be even more in more trouble than we are already. I agree. But I also think that when we look forward, we, you know, what I certainly, what I think a lot of us have realized over the past month is that it, you, you can't look at anything and just say it's going to be the same. You know, you can't assume that. And so when you think about all the areas we usually talk about, a lot of the stuff we've been talking about, we've been doing this podcast for almost two years. And a lot of the things that we've talked about, the trends, um, some of the same underlying threads are there, but we're going to have to reevaluate things on the fly. And that's probably the right way to think about it, no matter what area you're in. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Just, you know, you got to keep an open mind to things. And as you say, it's, it's, we've got to reevaluate almost everything that we've been doing. And I, and I think that's consistent with what I said before, but you know, change can be a good thing. And um, maybe it's a way for us to focus uh, some of our priorities a little more clearly. You know, a lot of things that we do aren't as, impor as important as we think they are, but this is really forcing people to make some choices and, you know, not waste a lot of time and just, you know, do what you got to do to, to manage because, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty tough if you, if you don't adapt because, uh, you're going to find it's just going to be so hard to get anything done. You know, I'm just thinking as, you know, anyone I know, I, I can't think of anyone I know who hasn't had to change a lot of things about what they're doing. Um, you know, unless you're holed up in a, in, in a hospital bed, you know, without anywhere to go or nothing to do, but you know, and that's a whole other scenario too. We're just thankful that we're healthy and, you know, can do what we do. But boy, there's, you know, lots of segments out there who are much tougher time and they just, you know, they just can be reactive it's, and just hope that we have safe, enough safety net to keep, keep people going. Yeah, for sure. And we always have to think about that. We have to think about the broader community. Yep. Okay. So right. Watch this space, right? I mean, this is really a watch this space. For sure. And just as I said, over last time we did this, just a few short weeks, you know, the world is a different place. And I'm sure it'll be different the next time we do a podcast, Chris. So uh, keep, take notes and uh, we'll just see where we're at next time. Well, thanks, John. And to you and all of our listeners, uh, please stay healthy, stay safe. Thanks for listening to us as always. And um, we appreciate it very much.
I echo everything you're saying, so I won't repeat. Good. Thank you, Chris. Thanks all for listening. And uh, we've come to our time now, and we'll move on. And so we hope you stay well, as Chris said. And we look forward to connecting with you, with you again on our next uh, Watch the Space podcast. Keep well, all.